You want to repeat what you just said now that I've hit record? I said your powers of Jewish guilt have no effect on me because I didn't grow up with it. What was I trying to guilt you about? Eating cheese and crackers, a completely normal thing to do if you're not having dinner until late. No, I'm eating hungry. a cracker on the podcast. I, I took a blow. Hi, everyone. This is Adam Roberts. You're listening to Lunch Therapy. And I'm doing what I, what I yelled at you for doing last week. What's that? Eating in this intro. Oh, right, right. But I'm doing it because you were eating a lot of cheese for someone with very high cholesterol. That's debatable. That's, I don't think it was a lot of cheese. I had a few couple cheese and crackers. Okay. Well, look, I don't want to stop you from living your life. Mm, or, or do you? <laughs> Where do you think this comes from? This Concern. Sort of- well, or is it power? Is it no, monitoring and having control? No, it's control? not about power. It's about knowing you have extremely high cholesterol. You, I think you think that your statins are a cure-all, that you can just take a statin and then eat whatever you want, and you'll, your cholesterol will drop. Are we outing that I'm on <laughs> cholesterol medicine? Yeah, haven't we talked about that in this podcast? I can't yet? remember, but I guess we're talking about it now. Anyway, well, today's episode of Lunch Therapy features my friend and your friend, uh, Barrett Foa, who is an actor. He's on NCIS Los Angeles. By the way, Barrett, no offense, but one second here. My cholesterol is genetic. <laughs> that is a genetic reason. I'm not, I'm not, it is, it is extremely, it was shockingly high, and we did talk about that. I just want to say for the record, it's not because of a uh, wildly unhealthy lifestyle and I do exercise and I'm not overweight and I don't eat only at McDonald's. So just for the record. Okay. Now we can talk about Barrett. But you don't want to acknowledge that diet has anything to do with it. No, it does have something to do with it. And I've altered my diet a little bit, but that doesn't mean that I can't have four cheese and crackers before we go see a play hours before our late dinner. That's true. That's all. <laughs> um, and so, wow. Okay. Well, people are getting a real window. This is a very real conversation we're having. Maybe mm-hmm. we need to get a couple's lunch therapist on to talk about your cheese <laughs> and crackers. That would be funny. Couple's lunch therapy. That actually comes up in my podcast with Barrett. That's probably why it's on my mind. Well, anyway, so Barrett and I talk about lots of stuff. Um, and one of the things we talk about is um, going, you know, his family, as you'll learn when you listen to this, was very interested in always going to different restaurants. They never wanted to eat in the same restaurant twice because they wanted to have new experiences. Um, but I was saying on the podcast, as people will hear, that you, Craig, like to go to the places that you know over and over again. You really enjoy the familiar places where you know what you're going to get. You know what the atmosphere is going to be like. I don't think it's as important to you to go to new to places. To try the newest, trendiest thing. Not even trendy. Just like go to a new place each time. I think that's true, generally. Yeah, I think I'm definitely in have nights or moods where yeah, let's try something new. I'm in I'm I'm in the mood for an adventure, but I do like a little bit of you know the place that I like. Atmosphere is very very important to me. In addition to the food being good, oh, I think atmosphere matters more to you than the food. Well, the mm, the food has to be good. Like it's not; it can't be crappy food and good atmosphere. But, like, I mean, but it doesn't have to be. I, I don't know the most the most innovative, like just written about an eater restaurant food. Well, it's like if, the cocktails at the Washington Square Hotel in New York is a great example because well, those cocktails are good. Though. They're good, but they're not. They're not They're like anything stiff. anyone's going to write about, though. It's not like innovative new cocktails. So one of Craig's favorite places is 
the bar at the Washington Square Hotel in New York. Oh God, don't reveal that. Now people are going to go. Nobody That's- listens to this. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, some people listen to this. Thank you. We appreciate your patronage. <laughs> um, but it's um, it's like kind of downstairs. It's sort of hidden away. It's near Washington Square Park. It is the perfect sort of <clears throat> hotel lounge experience. It's got a great sort of groovy atmosphere um cool little booths and tables and it's not it hasn't been overrun by like a hipster crowd so right. it'll literally be like um either you know people staying at the hotel like largely swedish tourists i saw two celebrities there over my time there one was christopher hitchens before he died Really? The philosopher, the essayist. Yeah, sure. And the other was Mayor Ed Koch eating by himself at the bar. Seriously? Yeah. Wow. Well, Christopher Hitchens notoriously has sort of sophisticated taste. So there you go. But I but I, I, I like it because it's sort of this real interesting mixed crowd. It's, it's usually not very crowded. Their drinks are stiff and it's just... There's good music playing. The lighting is great. It has weird art on the walls. Mm-hmm. It's just great. Atmosphere. I love hotel bars and lounges in general. It's interesting because it's um, there's also something very like, what's the word like everyday? It's like not there's nothing snobby or fancy no, about it. No, it's unpretentious. That's unpretentious. really important to me because Blair's is kind of like that too, and Silver Lake, which is Absolutely. another place that you love, and it's come up on this podcast a bunch. But it's not pretentious. Not at all. It's the opposite. It's mm. it's kind of it's homey feeling, but still has a little sophistication to it. It's just, it's comfortable. God, the, the lighting is great. And the food is delicious. Yeah, I like the food. I mean, it's funny because you're a director, so the visual part of atmosphere must be. Though their steak is overpriced. Blair's, I love you, but that steak dish is overpriced. Um, well, your birthday is coming up next week. Mm-hmm. And um, I was just asking you where I should make a reservation because we're going out with friends. And you said you wanted a place with a cute little like back room. Is that what you said? Um, well, I just thought if it's a if it's a group of friends, it's nice to be able to feel like you can talk freely and openly. And oh, I know what I said. I looked up what was open, and, and actually, funnily enough, your birthday is, is the night of the Super Bowl, which none of our gay friends care about. So that won't be a problem. Um, but uh, there's a lot of res- reservations available at places that are normally packed, and so John and Vinny's, which is on Fairfax, is always impossible to get into. And there's like an eight o'clock and an eight thirty and a nine. So there's like great reservations. But when I pitched that to you, you remember what you said? Well, I wasn't sure about the atmosphere. I, the food at John and Vitti's is fantastic. It's so it's good. Indisput- I think we should go there. Indisputably good. I mean, it's your birthday, but it's, it's, it's my night, too. I just, I, I don't remember. I don't know. I guess if you're tucked away in the corner there and it's not. I think it has great atmosphere. It's like these cool wooden booths. It has um, kind of this cool long. It feels like hall- you're eating in a hallway. It is like a hallway. Okay. Yeah. So we won't go there for your birthday. I'm not making a decision right here and right now. I'm not uh-huh. sure we have to talk about well, it. Well, now that it's like a spoiler. I mean, not a spoiler. It's like a it's a cliffhanger for people who are listening to this podcast where we wound up on your birthday. Oh, I'm sure they'll be losing sleep at night. <laughs> and actually, we won't know by the next podcast because it, it's going to, yeah, I record it before your birthday. But at some point, we'll reveal where we went for your birthday. Mm-hmm. But we, I think the larger point, though, is going to new restaurants and trying new things versus the old, familiar, comfortable places Ultimately, if you could only eat at restaurants you've been to before or only have to go to new ones each night, what would you choose? 100% ones I've been to before. Oh, I would totally do the opposite. Well, 
Divorce Phil, drop the papers. But it's like it's like Barrett in the podcast compares. It's like movies. It's like once he's seen a movie, he doesn't need to see it again. It's like he wants to see a new movie, and it's like that's the yeah, same. not the same to me because meals, especially sit down meals at restaurants, are so much more to me about the atmosphere and the people, and the food better be pretty good. There you go. Ooh, I blew your mind with that. You can't even compute that. But don't it's you? It's so but, different but, from how your brain. Feels. But we've gone to new restaurants together where you'll like have the most extraordinary. You'll have an experience that. No, you're was, being too black and white about. It. It's not like, and therefore I hate new restaurants. You I just love chose new to give. You just chose to only go to when old. Given the choice, I prefer yes the going to ones I've been to before. But that doesn't mean I don't love going out to new restaurants. But what do you think it says about your personality? It says that I'm um, atmosphere, social interaction is more important to me. The experience, the sort of vibe is more important to me than whether the food is an A plus or it let's could say be, an A minus. But it doesn't have to be about the food. It could be discovering a new restaurant that has great atmosphere. I, I like that. I, I, it's not that I don't like that. Let me stress that. I, I like that a lot. I like that a lot. If if I'm choosing for the rest of my life to, you know, go one way or the other, it would be that. I'm sensing a lot of defenses coming up no, around no, this no, subject. I'm, not defensive. I'm I'm just kidding. I don't really think it's that big a subject for you. Um well everyone, today's episode Well, hold on, hold on. Yeah. If it's if it's okay, for the rest of my life, only new places, I interpreted that as that means you can't repeat right. any of the new places you've discovered. Oh yeah, no, definitely then. Yeah. I stand by my decision. Okay. Um, well, today's podcast is really because then a restaurant oh could ne- then a restaurant could never be a comfort <laughs> now zone. You guys place. know what it's like being married to Craig. Because then a restaurant could never be a, a sort of a a, a refuge or a, you know a a your comforting cheers. reliable cheers. That's exactly right. Right. You want your cheers. Yeah. And I want to be like an adventurer. Which is so funny because it's kind of the opposite about other things in our life. I tend to be a little bit more of the adventurer and the explorer. Mm-hmm. And you'd like to be a little bit more on the familiar path. But with restaurants, I like to try new things. It is. That's true. Um, all right. Well, today's podcast guest is Barrett Foa. And um, as I mentioned, he's on NCIS Los Angeles, but he's also been on Broadway. He was in Avenue Q in New York, which I think Craig saw him yeah, on Broadway. Yeah, he was my Avenue Q guy. I don't know if Barrett knows that, but the first time I saw Avenue Q, it was starring Barrett. Yeah. And so it's a really nice conversation and gets into it. Was, this actually was the first podcast I think I've done where like his lunch opened up avenues of of personal stuff that I didn't expect it to. So I'm excited for you to hear it. And um, before we get to it, I just want to remind you, if you haven't already, you can subscribe to this podcast by typing in Lunch Therapy on Apple Podcasts and clicking subscribe. And while you're there, if you can write us a nice review, I'd appreciate it. All right, well, here's my Lunch Therapy session with Barrett Foer. Oh, okay. I'm recording, but this is good. Like, this is a very real moment. Barrett just pulled um, a hair off my face as we started. It's how I start most of my kind of dates and podcasts. (laughs) Just like it it creates an intimacy. There's not really a hair on your chin. Um, Well, Barrett (laughs) Foa, thank you so much. You you just wanted to touch me. (laughs) That was a good psychological moment to begin the podcast with. Do you really do that, though, on dates? I don't, but maybe I should. Just yeah. pretend there's like a little, like a little hair, like a eyelash. You went, we went like, to one hey. out for um, dinner, and then we went to a bar afterwards and got a drink. And mm-hmm. you offered me gum, and I was very like in my mind, I was like, "Do I have terrible breath right now?" 
you remember that? I, t- I don't because I was probably like, I have terrible breath and I just want some gum. And then you, I'm supposed to offer that's my a nice, gum. That's a nice way to put it. I think if I had bad breath, I mean, I'm just <laughs> I being honest. So. Um, well, Barrett, it's so nice to have you here on Lunch Therapy. It's so great to be here because I love lunch and I love therapy. Have you ever had your lunch analyzed before? No, this will uh, be a first. Well, virgin. yeah. And, um, and it was funny because this is the first time doing this podcast. I think you're my 26th episode or 25th where um, I ran into you before the session. Yeah. At the gym. Yeah. You saw me running on a treadmill. Hours ago. I know. And so, I mean, have you ever had the experience of running into a therapist in public? Uh, I had a therapist come to a show of mine and it was a show that I was dancing on top of a bar in my tidy whities in. Really? And I remember being like, this is weird. Wait, so the therapist, you told the therapist to come? I think I told the therapist and he, he was a little bit of a, a little bit of a weird therapist. Uh, I I didn't particularly like him. He always wanted to talk about sex. He's like. Let's go into the details of your sex life. And I sounds be like, like he was really trying to get with you, this I therapist. Kind of, like not necessarily get with me, but just like almost I almost felt like he was trying to get off or something oh. on the details of it. And mm. I was like, I think he was steps away from where I lived. Oh. Which I loved. Yes. Um, because I could like roll out of bed and go. It was just so easy. But location, location, little, location. Exactly. Yeah. I was like, this guy's actually bunk. Oh. He was like a full on not good therapist, I think. And I spent too long with him because he was just in my backyard. So tell me about your sex life, Barrett. Okay. Just kidding. <laughs> wait a second. <laughs> oh my God, it's you. Yeah. Uh, wait, so, okay, Barrett. So for people who don't know, I mean, you are an actor. Mm-hmm. Um, you are on NCIS Los Angeles. Yes. And how many seasons have you been doing this for? Uh, the show's been going on 11 years and yeah. I've been on 11 years. That's incredible. Isn't that amazing? So, I mean, for people who don't understand, because, I mean, your background was in theater, right? And Yes. I know that because when I moved to New York, Barrett's face was plastered all over the city and on top of taxi cabs because he was starring in Avenue Q on Broadway. That's right. And we'll get into all this, I'm sure, in your sure, therapy session about, sure. like, theater. But it's sort of, I was going to say, is it sort of like winning the lottery, like, as an actor when you're doing theater and then you get cast on a TV show and then it lasts 11 seasons? I mean, is that just sort of, like, the best thing you could hope for in a way? <laughs> Am I putting yes. you on the spot? Well, no. I mean, it, it is because it's, it's like everyone's dream to have consistency. Yes. Um, and to have, like, this steady paycheck. And that's something that I have. But that's also something... It's not something that I ever thought that I would have. So mm-hmm. it's like this weird dream that came true that I never had the dream of. Right. Like I never was like, oh, wait, is that a lottery I wanted to yeah. I wanted to buy a ticket for? Sure. But I got it. And I'm like, yay, I'm so happy. It's so amazing. And it's it just is a gift that keeps on giving. And there's consistency and um, there's money and there's free time. And but it's also like, oh, I'm playing the same role for. 11 years and that's something that I never banked on or bargained for or like wanted to do like because you just never thought it was a possibility like am I going to be you don't want to be on Broadway for 11 years in the same part in the same role right but it's so I and I never really thought that I would be on television especially not for this long Mm -hmm. um but then you just you like deal with that and then you're like now I want new new things yeah and you also just were in Angels in America right yes so So I get to you know you get to kind of do, no, it's it's like NCIS has become like a day job, right? Which is weird and not a thing that feels special. Mm-hmm. Um, so that you know, and you you have to just keep finding something that 
makes you feel different and special and shake things up, right? So it's right. kind of just whatever the opposite is of what you're actually what you're doing at the moment, right? Well, it's it makes a me think of greener yeah. situation. So I'm like, right. oh my god, I got to do I get to do theater and do this juicy role of prior in Angels in America, and I mean we can go into all of that, but um, it's you know and and doing that kind of recharges my batteries for coming back to the show. Mm-hmm. And then that recharges my bank account to go do, you know, something yes. that's like more soul fulfilling, maybe. That's incredible. I yeah. mean, you're a working actor, which is it's inc- wonderful. I've never like not, I've, that's the only profession I've ever had. I have very few skills. But it had, I mean, but just in thinking about all the actors out there who are just trying to cast and anything. I mean, it's so exciting. It's amazing. It's yeah. like, it's like, I'm so grateful. Right. But it's But you also, work really hard for it too. Sure, but there are other people that work hard. That's you true. Know what I mean, like, I, yeah, uh, people people say that to me, and that's and that's it's just such a nice thing to say. But I'm like, but that doesn't mean I deserve it more, mm-hmm. like, because there are people who are even more skilled than me, and sure. there are people that are work harder than me, and and it's it is something that was so lucky, and hopefully I have the skills to back it up, and you know, there's a lot of things that kind of align to make it happen, but. It's it's its own it's its own crazy thing. But well, do because yeah. I mean your show that you're on, I mean it's fascinating because it's like millions of people watch it, and but it's like it's like almost like how do I put it? It's, it's almost like it, it happens in places like like you're probably not like walking down the street in L.A. necessarily and meeting your fans, but like if you were like in the middle of the country, you'd probably meet like tons of people who watch it, right? I am I do so well in a midwestern airport. Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, <laughs> or like a Palm Springs supermarket. So that's like, got to be yes, strange. Get, like stopped all the time, but L.A., New York, yeah, like on the streets, like no one, or or just when I think I know what my demo or the demographic of the show is, mm-hmm. um, I'm like it's midwestern people of this certain age. Then, uh, um, like a security guard at the at the airport will like stop me, mm-hmm. or um, or like some Upper East Side older lady. I'm like, you watch the show, you watch the show, <laughs> and then there's like, you know, we have our kind of uh like online social media fans who are like creating fan fiction and fan art and edits like these video edits and these video like montages of our love you know of like some look that happens once and then they just spin it out right it's just it's so it's and they're from germany and france and australia and you're like oh god oh right there's all people <laughs> all over the world that watch this but right. i'm just like barrett living my life yeah you know, with like my friends and it's kind of be nice though actually to to live in a place where it's not the center of like what goes on in la necessarily but it's like a, it's, it's very well respected it's a job but it, you don't have is. to be mobbed everywhere you go it's a very unique job yeah like i think you know if i was on um like some Netflix show or some AMC show that like, let's say like Mad Men or something. Yeah. Everyone was talking about Mad Men when Mad Men was Mad Men, but like only like a million people watched it a week. Right. And we had like 18 million people a week. That's so crazy. But like it wasn't in the zeitgeist. It wasn't like hot and buzzy. Sure. Our show. It was popular. And it was, it's weird to be. So sometimes I forget that I'm, that I'm, that I'm known or that I'm in people's living rooms all the time. Yeah. And it surprises me that, I'm like, oh, I'm just a sweaty mess at the gym or like, (laughs) you know, I'm just like shoving food in my face at some restaurant and someone's like, I love you. And you're like, oh, yeah, I have to like be a person in the world that's like presentable. Well, speaking of food at restaurants, we're almost there to um, your lunch. But before we get to your lunch, I just wanted to ask, 
Generally speaking, what is your relationship to food? Are you a foodie? I mean, I hate that word. Are you somebody who loves food? I hate that word and also love that word because I don't know what it means. Do you know what it means? I think it means somebody who like is driven, like motivated by finding great things to eat and is very, it's like like part of your drive is to seek out good food. Then I'm a foodie. Okay. Yeah. Um, I just feel like I'm like, but isn't everyone a foodie in a way because we just have to survive and no, nutrition? No, but no, there no. are people. I do know people. Who, I remember my friend. She was like, if I could just take a pill and be full. Yeah. I'm like, that sounds like a nightmare. Those people are banned from my life. Ugh. I met somebody once who was like, said that. And I was like, okay, this is the last time we're yeah. ever hanging yeah. out. I can't this be your friend. But for you, so you love food. Love. Yeah. Love. Are you an investor in restaurants? I'm an investor in a restaurant. Oh, okay. Do you want to talk about that? I or is do. That, I'd yeah. love to. Is it Botanica? It is Botanica. Which is such a great restaurant. It's so good. And for those who don't know, it's in Silver Lake. And, it's, and the women who mm-hmm. run it are former food writers yes. or still food writers, right? Yeah. Because they have a food magazine that's connected to Correct. the restaurant. Okay. And a market. Yeah. And yeah, they, um, they're two co-chef, co-owners, and... There were they took a huge risk on starting a restaurant because you need experience to start a restaurant. You know right. how to, you need to like have been in the restaurant business. You can't have just written about it or mm-hmm. critiqued it. But somehow they did it. Yeah. And they're doing it. And they got, you know, like best restaurant of 2017 or 18 or whatever when we first opened. And I was I lived half a block away. And so I could just roll down and I was like Norm from Cheers. <laughs> like I would come in and everyone would be like, Barrett. It's such a cool restaurant. It has a great vibe. There's like a neon sign on the wall and the design is very relaxing. And the food is so good because it's not super like gross, like super buttery, like oily. Yes, like it's, it's very, very like, healthy. Very fresh, very like vegetable forward. Yeah. But um without being like these are just greens. It's like there's a huge salad on top of everything, and it's beautiful. And there's so many colors, and they—they they really, I feel like they think of of everything when it comes to the food. There's and like the daytime meals are just as good, and the oh, lunches yeah. are just as good as like the dinners. And it's a very LA restaurant too. It, I feel is. Like it doesn't. Like, it couldn't exist elsewhere. I don't think. I agree. Like the colors, the vibe. Yeah. The inside, the outside. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll come back to that in a second. I want to ask you more about like investing, but the time has come to ask you, Barrett Foa, mm-hmm. what did you have for lunch today? Well, I om- I was tempted to go to Botanica so I could talk about oh. it, but, you, but thank you for seeing it in. Well, no, I think it's relevant because, I mean, you're an, an investor in a restaurant it's and true, it's a food also, podcast. Also, the fun thing about Botanica is that I, def- ne- I never have to lie about yeah. liking it because it is actually good. Mm-hmm. I know a friend who is invested in a restaurant and he's like, ugh. He's like, I hate it, but I have to tell people that it's good. Really? Well, he's like, he wants to because he wants it to do well. He wants his friends to You'll do well. You'll tell me afterwards who it is. I, sure. Okay. Um, I don't think the restaurant exists anymore. I um, think I know what it is. But the, um, but anyway, so I hadn't been in Botanica in so long. And I was like, should I just go to Botanica? I really want to go. I really want to go. But I was, but a friend suggested Kismet Rotisserie. Oh, 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 that's so funny. I went there yesterday. Yeah. You knew that? No. Oh, it's on my Instagram. Oh. Kismet Rotisserie. Okay. So they just opened a week ago. Yes. Um, I walk in and I run into Sarah Kramer, who is one of the co-chef co-owners. Oh, very right, right. Um, two females, just like Botanica, uh-huh. um, of Kismet and Kismet Rotisserie. And uh, Sarah was on Broadway in Mamma Mia. Wait, what? As Sophie, as the lead. And but not we didn't overlap. I was in the original cast of Mamma Mia. On Wait, Broadway. so the, one of the co-owners and chefs of Kismet was on Broadway in Mamma Mia. Yeah, you're blowing my She's mind here. Oh yeah. my god! As a therapist, I'm not supposed to like be effusive, but I'm like 
glowing right now. That's so cool. <laughs> you can geek out. You can fan yeah, out. Yeah, I'm a huge Broadway fan in case you listeners didn't know that. Yeah. Well, that's see, that's how we get along because we're Broadway and foodies. I know both. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. So Sarah just happened to be there and I was like, I didn't even know she'd, you know, she, anyway, she was like, she was working and of course just hooked us up with basically my friend was like, I want to go there. But I want to eat all every veg- vegetable thing. I don't even want the chicken, which is like obviously in the the title of rotisserie. Does your friend not eat chicken? She doesn't eat chicken, but she, but the 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 veggies looked so delicious, mm-hmm. and I can't wait to show you the picture, and you'll see the picture, the listeners. Um, it's so vibrant and so gorgeous, and Sarah hooked us up with all, every veggie and every dip, and it was just so. It's like a ra- rainbow. It's so you got the hookup. I got we got the hookup a little bit. Okay. And, you know, um. <laughs> Um, and you know, a, a, a free cookie that we might share you and I later. Oh, nice. You can't butter up your therapist though. I'm still going to carve into your psyche and, and dig out all the dark yeah, matter. Yeah. yeah. I want it. I want so it. So wait, what specifically did you eat for lunch? If you had to put it in words, I mean, oh I, you just God. did, but like, yeah, if you had to you know, sum- summarize your lunch and like one thing, what would it have mostly been? Garlicky dips. <laughs> That's perfect. That's the name of the episode. Uh, Garlicky, Bart Barrett Poe is Garlicky Dips. dips. Yeah. Oh, God. So you were dipping things. Is that going to get me a boyfriend? I don't well, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I actually, that's a good title, too. We'll get him a boyfriend. Okay. Well, maybe this podcast will get you a boyfriend. Come on, guys. I'm single AF. I'll make you a promise. If you get a boyfriend from this podcast, we'll have your boyfriend on, and then we'll yes. do a session with him, too. Like a, a couple's? Couple's lunch therapy. <sighs> Is that the, will be the first? That was, yeah. Been I'll save that for you and your yes! lunch therapy boyfriend. Come on, guys. Okay, so what I do on this podcast. Slide into my DMs. <laughs> if, I, if I listen to somebody describe their lunch, mm. um, I kind of try to key into like words or how they're describing it to sort of see if I can pick up something from the psychology of how okay. they're. And what I thought was so interesting about how you described your lunch is it seemed like it was almost more about the people than it was about the food mm. because you were so excited to meet your friend Sarah there yeah. who was in Mamma Mia uh-huh. and you talked about your friend not wanting to eat chicken. Right. But you re- when I asked you like what specifically did you eat that that seemed to be like the most challenging part to like go into the detail not not, not as a criticism yeah. but just to say that your excitement about the lunch was more about the people. Well it's true and also I feel like because my friend was like I just want all the veggies and then I just kind of left it in her hands and Sarah's hands uh-huh. and I knew I was in good foodie hands because my friend who i was with is a chef too okay she's like a private chef cool um and um so i knew i was like into delicious ladies hands and um i couldn't go wrong so i think we had like you know i, I could tell you like we had like a tzatziki mm-hmm. with like fennel in it oh it was delicious and then there was this Something I don't know how to pronounce with an M, like Maharap. Oh, yeah, Maharap. That. Yeah, yeah. I and say it, it But very it was well. like peanuts. Oh. It, and it was red, and it was, and there was this delicious pita. Where did you sit? Outside or we inside? Sat outside. Yeah, and pretty- then she gave us this, like, these two gorgeous, like, um, juices. Um, one was like a carrot gingerade, and another was like a beet, um, like a beet juice, like hibiscus tea. <laughs> So there's something so, else that I'm picking up on yeah. here. Um, I feel like there's an element of being cared for mm. in this lunch. The way you're describing the way that she gave you these things and mm. fed you. And even when you said like the, these ladies or however you described it, you know, it almost felt like there was like a maternal aspect, to, like that you were being cared for at this lunch. I mean, I'm a little bit on the edge of tears for a second right now because um, 
a friend this morning. We're going to get into it. Should we go? Yeah. Should we dive? Um, so my mom passed away like maybe four years ago. And she and I, my mom had an incredible sense of style. Um, just had like a, and just was a clothes horse. And she was all like Hermes and Chanel and very like New York Upper East Side lady. Mm-hmm. Um, and she never really got rid of anything. And so when she passed away, I had all my female very close female friends Aww. come and like look through her closet and be like take whatever you want like That's i would really just nice. love to have that stuff like live on and so my friend celia keenan bolger oh of course just texted me this morning to be like i just wore your mom's pants at this some <laughs> like red carpet thing and she said it was a picture of it and um i think she actually posted it on her instagram um today i haven't even looked but she, um and i it's these like really cool pants and she's like when wherever i go people stop me like what are those pants and she's like i get to talk about your mom and and i'm like it's so wonderful and then just the day before a friend texted a picture of her in my mom's necklace Mm -hmm. and so it's just like just these kind of literally past few days so then as you talk about women taking care of me and yes. feeding me and nurturing me mm-hmm. um it kind of like brought some of that up and i was um, wondering yeah and, and i think it brought some of that up because my mom actually was not that that kind of person she was not oh. a like a um nurturey let me feed you kind of person she was very um um like bare bones not bare bones she was um she was practical. Okay. Um, and so when we ate at home, like she cooked or we, we had a housekeeper, but it wasn't, it wasn't like a gorgeous, wonderful meal of like, we're going to nurture you and like feed your soul. Uh huh. Um, well, we would go out to restaurants a lot cause we we're in New York and we were New Yorkers, but she wasn't like a food sensualist or right. like kind of things like that. Or, and she wasn't like too much of a like a caregiver. She was like, I don't know, open the fridge, see what's there. Like was she, fend for yourself. With her fashion, was she um body conscious? Like was she like somebody who not, dieted or not really. Okay. No. I mean she um a f- what a <laughs> fun thing that I liked that she said that I kind of have hold, held on to is that she <laughs> she would be like sometimes she would order um uh wine and she'd be like, Can I have some ice in it? Oh. And then she'd be like it cuts the calories. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't think it cuts the calories. That's not as bad as my mom, though. My mom, I, I, I don't think she's listening anymore because she's still angry my mom. Because I, I did a podcast two weeks ago where a therapist analyzed me. Right. And my mom listened to it and she was not thrilled with it. Oh. But that's a story for another time. But okay. my mom used to carry with her sweet and low tablets and she would drop them in her wine. In what? Yeah, she would sweeten her wine <laughs> sweet and low. That is really interesting. Yeah, to make it sweet. But it's... It's like, it wouldn't even be sweet. It would be like a saccharine sweet. I know. Like, hey. What is strange. I know. It is strange. But this is about you. And oh, this is really interesting. interesting. So but now, so yeah. what I'm saying, what I was saying is that sometimes I think I seek out or I do like it when people are um, extra nurturing mm-hmm. to me. Um, and I like, like, for instance, when I would go over to a friend's house mm-hmm. for a play date and like, you know, Mrs. Cooper, mm-hmm. she would be like, we have brownies and we have like, you know, she would just be the the perfect kind of mom. Right. And my mom was like, I'm working. I don't know if there's anything in the fridge. Like figure what it out. What did your mom do for a living? She was, um, she was the executive. What, what did she do? She was in. 
<laughs> she, she had a oh job. God, I like, haven't said it in so long. It's yeah. weird. Um, she was a marketing director for the A the A and D building, which was kind of you know the PDC here in the Pacific Design Center. Oh yeah, of course. I was just there last night, actually. Oh. Funnily enough. Okay. Yeah. Um, the Blue Whale, as we call it uh-huh. here in in LA. Um, uh, it's it was like a like a mini New York version of that. So it was probably like forty showrooms, mm. but like high end furniture and bath and kitchen and tile. And she would kind of make sure all the spaces were rented and all the tenants were happy. And then she would mm. like throw these parties with the New York times magazine, New York times taste of tea. Wow. And she'd call it the taste of tea, like living. And then people would come into the, into the building and fancy chefs in New York, like celebrity chefs would, would cook on the, um, like wolf and Viking. Like I think ranges. I went to one of these really? ones like 10 years ago. That's my mom. Yeah, she put I, that on. I, it might be on my blog. I think I got invited to an event in, in a built fantasy building where I walked through and there were different yep. chefs. So that must have been that same event. That is so funny. Was it near Le Cirque, the restaurant? Yes. Yeah, that's where it was. I went to that. So there's that Le Cirque um, documentary. Yeah, yeah. My mom is in it. Really? Because it was right across the street. The yeah. building's right across the street from Le Cirque. And she would like lunch there and like think oh, and she would like amazing. get in close with them. And I think they were like, we're shooting a documentary. And she stopped by. And <laughs> if you watch the documentary, she's constantly like popping her collar really? and like fix. She was very, she wasn't like a photogenic person. Uh-huh. She was stylish, but she wasn't like um, ostentatious or okay. wanted to be like seen, like at the center of attention. She was just kind of naturally glamorous. Okay. If that makes sense. Sure. Um, and so she was, so she couldn't just like be natural when there was a camera on her. Oh, I see. So you just, she's just constantly like popping her collar and fixing herself and just like cannot concentrate on being a normal person. But she's in the documentary. But she's in the documentary. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. Just, yeah. If, if there is an actress who would play your mother, who would you cast? Oh, um, I, for some reason, I keep thinking of like the mom on Arrested Development for some reason. It's a little Jessica Walter yeah. and it's a little Meryl Streep actually. With like a touch of Kate Blanchett. Wow. Okay. So very classy, elegant woman. Yes, yes. And what about your father? Dad. Um, Conrad is he's a very natty. Uh-huh. He's a very good so word. I've seen a picture of him on your Instagram, I think, yes. where he was like in a bow tie or he was so in a cool suit. Always always in a um an Hermes scarf tie. Wow. He collects them. Okay. He has like hundreds of them. And now that they've, I think Hermes has discontinued this Hermes scarf tie mm-hmm. and he somehow, he doesn't really, he's not like very computer savvy, but somehow he's like figured out eBay. Oh, great. And is like ordering scarf ties from Singapore and like you get these packages in the mail. And like, I used to do so that with like, plates. I was obsessed with buying plates on you, like vintage plates. Where do you, where did you display your plates? I don't display them, but I use them at dinner oh, parties. actual Yeah. I, be, I became like so addicted that it was like, I would spend afternoons scrolling through eBay looking at vintage plates. And what do you look for in a plate? Sorry, it's about you. No, I know, I know, I know. But, but I relate to your dad because um, it was something very soothing about it. Well, I was looking for a sort of like mid-century, something with a cool design, something unexpected that would just be something fun to and serve. And it's just one-offs. So it's a lot of like mismatched no, I would look for, I like eventually sets. look for sets because okay. I realized like, oh, with the one-offs, it's like, every, you know, it's nicer to have. I mean, sometimes I do that with dessert. I'll put them on different plates. But back to you. Oh, so damn. Yeah, your dad is oh, natty. He dresses well. Yes, very well. Lots of like, he, 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 he kind of overdresses. He, that's like his, his kind of thing. Although he's getting a little more casual as he grows a little older. Um, but um, he... He's like so 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 so. There was a, a, a the Whitney had just 
opened up downtown the new Whitney Museum. And he was just there in his, like, the way he dresses every random Sunday. Okay. And, I mean, it looks like he's in a costume. I mean, he's he has a hat and, like, these orange glasses and this, like, blue pinstriped suit and this Hermes scarf tie. And um, they were just going around capturing people's, like, Sunday looks at the Whitney. Yeah. Just open and, like, just some typical New Yorkers. And he's just, I think they, like, they ended with him. And, like, the quotes that he has are so funny. He's like, you know, they're like, you know, are all your glasses orange? And he's like, you know, I have different underwear for every day. Why would I have the same glasses every day? <laughs> I love you know? that. Yeah. I want to, like, hang out with your dad. Like a zillion pairs of So glasses. when you're describing your mom as not liking to be the center of attention, mm-hmm. is your dad someone who does like to be the center of attention? He um, likes to, He's he likes to be, he's a little blustery. Okay. So he can be a little bit, like, like the alpha male, he likes to be the the guy when he walks into a room. Interesting. Like he, he kind so of he, he can dominate the, a room. He like yeah. But he how, who are you? Mom was not like that. Who are you more like? I am like I I don't I'm <laughs> kind of like my mom. I I think I'm I'm. A but little, you're an actor too, so you have to be the center of attention at some point. Yeah, but I don't like really being. I'm not like let me um right. You know, take the let me like have the all eyes on me at the table. Like, I, well, you're I'm wearing not, a hoodie right now, which is like as opposite of like a suit with an Hermes scarf as you can get. That's, so. I mean, you know, you got to rebel against your parents. Right? Totally, yeah. yeah. So, uh, okay, but we have to make this about food. So okay, now we're gonna okay, go to okay. food. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, I thought that was a kind of a beautiful segue. I mean, it kind of lends credence to the idea of this podcast that like somehow in talking about your lunch, we can like somehow see what's going on psychologically. Mm -hmm. But I just wanted to go more into like food for you. So, you you know, we talked about whether you're a foodie, Mm -hmm. but I think I'm more curious like about um, cooking, eating out, like what is your food lifestyle? To bring it back a little bit to my parents, I think growing up in New York City made me, I I used to call it like the FOA philosophy where it was like, we don't watch the same movie twice. We don't go to the same restaurant ah, twice. Okay. Like we live in New York. We have to take it all in. Why would you want to see something that you already seen before? Sure. Why would you want to taste something you already tasted before? There's so many options out there. We live in New York City. Like, let's soak it all up. So it wasn't like, there wasn't a ton of like routine and patterns. We never had like VHS tapes, mm-hmm. of like Disney movies or something. It was just like, we we saw that. Um, and that, so does that remain true for you to this day? It kind of does. I, yeah. I don't, I, I'm like, there's, there's a lot, I don't like take a lot of comfort in seeing something I've already seen. It's like, I feel like it's a waste of time and I've seen it already. Interesting. So you're about to say that with, with food, with food. Yeah. So the same thing with food. Um, and now like the, yes. Um, so I think I, I adopted that and I always want to try new places mm-hmm. and, that's why sometimes you and I have like text exchange where we're like, have you tried this place? What's about this place? What's going on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, we get excited about the places we haven't been yet. And it's funny because Craig is sort of the opposite. Um, he likes to go to places that he knows that, you know, has good, have good atmosphere and where he can, like Blair's and Silver Lake is one of his favorite restaurants. I remember you guys talking about it. It comes that. up a lot on this it podcast. Does, yes. Um, but I mean, but I, you know, I, I do enjoy, we just went to this restaurant that I can't pronounce you and I. Asset? Asset. That has like a B in front of it, but that was so fun. Like I love trying a new thing. Yeah, it was cool. Like, yeah, being on the counter there and a good wine bar. But wait, did I tell you about my Blair's date? No, let's hear it. I had a. I think I've only been to Blair's once, maybe twice. And as soon as we sat down and were handed the menus, this guy was like, "Do you notice immediately what's wrong with this restaurant?" 
Wait, what was the answer? And he and I was like, like pressure. He was like, look at the font of the of this menu. Oh, maybe you did tell me this, but our listeners haven't heard this. (laughs) It was now at the time. I think they've kind of rebranded since. Yeah, but this is probably five years ago. It was in Papyrus. Oh, right, right. And I don't know. Have you ever seen the uh, SNL SNL special about Papyrus? That's really funny. But it really was like. It was a very not cool font. I think it might still be the same font. Really? Yeah. That's funny. I mean, that's such a specific detail to pick up on. I know. He was a very visual person, this guy. And we didn't date for, for that long. But <laughs> Well, one thing I, I'm realizing as we're talking is, like, I do feel like we're sort of ping-ponging around a little bit. But I, do, I don't want to lose the thread of some of the more emotional stuff we were talking about. Because, mm-hmm. like, I think like, we kind of missed a beat for a second where it was, like, talking about these women nurturing you at lunch. Yeah. And your mother passing away. Mm-hmm. And I guess I forgot to ask you, like, how recently that had happened and so, how yeah, you're about, coping with it. Like, about four years ago. And it's, you know, it, like, it comes in kind of waves. Mm-hmm. Um, where, but the main thing is, I don't have, like, a lot of, like, waves of grief and, like, s- like sorrow. Mm-hmm. I have more, like, ugh, where is she? Mm. <laughs> It's so annoying that she's not here. Well, you talked a little bit about her not being a huge cook and being mm-hmm. focused on work, but what were the what are what are the parts of her that you missed the most? I think I would just I would call her up a lot. And right. Like we'd have long conversations mm-hmm. of like she was a really good listener and she was also a really good talker. Mm-hmm. And she had a lot of like good advice. Um and after she passed, I, I remember talking to my dad about kind of the stuff I would talk to my mom about mm-hmm. and kind of like, just like went into detail about some, something like what's an example dates or right. d- career things, or just like really minute stuff that mm-hmm. she like loved to hear and right. was such a good listener about. And, and just th- that thing where you're like, I get to talk to my mom about whatever I want. And I never, um, she's never like, Barrett, this is boring. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, like I, you know, when I'm with a friend, I like want to be conscious of like that it's a back and forth or a time. Like she just was, she just was always listening. Right. And I could talk to her on like long, you know, car rides. And mostly when it's in the car, I, I find I'm like, oh, I want to call mom. Oh, can't really do that. I'm curious because when this podcast started, we kind of were jokingly or you jokingly said if there's a guy out there listening, mm-hmm. um, you know, you're single. Mm-hmm. Is that something that you crave in a relationship too, is to have that person that you can call and have that that, that dynamic <laughs> just talk and talk and talk and well I, I mean it feels like look, i guess i'm connecting it also to the desire to be nurtured the mm-hmm. desire to be fed the desire to be able to pick up the i mean is there is there an absence right now that you feel in your life that you're trying to fill there i mean i think we all are to a certain extent but i feel like it's been a little empty for a while mm-hmm. and like my mom got sick as i was exiting like this big like three and a half year relationship mm-hmm. and so like kind of all that stuff went down all at the same time. And so I haven't really, and I've had like six month relationships or three months or, you know, like some stuff here and there, but like never anything that's like really, um, like come in to, um, not, I don't want to say fill that hole. Sure. First of all, gross. It's a different Um, hole. (laughs) That's even grosser. Yeah. (laughs) But I mean like, you know, just like, I don't, I'm I'm not looking for my mom in a, right. I mean, I guess if, if we, if you want to like break it down and probably some, like Freudian thing. Sure. Maybe I am, but like, I'm not like, like 
I just need someone to just listen to me for hours. But like in my life, for example, like I called my mom all the time before I met Craig. Uh-huh. And when I started dating Craig, and this is 13 years ago, there was definitely a shift. And like, oh, Craig mm. was the person I was like dumping all this on every yeah. day. You know, so I think there yeah. is an element of that. Yeah. But I was going to ask you in relationships. Slide into my DMs so I can dump all over you. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God. Come on. Isn't yeah, no, that's not a great enough. singles ad. Yeah. <laughs> Good thing that's not your Craigslist uh, ad. Um, I was going to ask you, though. So in relationships, when you are dating someone, do you tend to be more of the nurturer or the nurtured? Are you more of the flower or the gardener? Huh. Or both? I think, I think both. I okay. think I can. I think I'm verse in okay. that way. Sure. <laughs> I think it depends on the person. Uh-huh. I think like if. I think I, I think I'd like a little bit of both. I think I like to kind of water and tend and, uh-huh. and help. I like to like connect dots for people. Sure. And um, I get excited about like finding something that you might like and sharing that with you. You seem and, like a good planner. Like when we, like when we have a night that we're going to have dinner, like it seems like you're very engaged and like, have you tried this place? Have you, you know, like, I mean, yeah. if you're dating someone, like if you're going to go on vacation, are you the one that's love gonna, research? I love you'll to do, do all the like hotels and oh the restaurants, and the, all the planning love. Yeah. Um, Partly because I want to be in control. Yes. Uh, uh, that's very, I mean, that's me to a T for sure. But Another part is like with my ex, we did like a big trip where we went to like four different cities in like Spain or something. And we actually split it up of like, I'll do Madrid and Lisbon and uh, you do Barcelona and San Sebastian. Remember? Right. And it worked out well. It was because it because like you could just I'd be like, I'm going to relax in these places. Yes. I'm not going to stress you. Whatever you've planned is what we're doing. And that yeah. was nice. And then um, it kind of takes some of the weight off your shoulders, too, because yeah. I just went to Tokyo and Kyoto with Craig, and it was all on my shoulders because Craig hates planning. Mm-hmm. So, like, every hotel, every restaurant, every train ride, I, I was so stressed out. Like, what if it's not what I think it's going to be? Like, what if this is crappy? Like, what if our room is a shoebox? But it all worked out, so it was fine. See, that's because you did your research. Yeah, I tried. I mean, I did my best. But I'm curious. I, with, do, love, I do love research. It's, like, one of my favorite things. Sometimes I get, like, so caught up in it that it's – I think it's, like, you and your plate – Oh, it's soothing. Oh, yeah, it's so soothing. Like, Craig has a birthday in two weeks, and we're going to go out to dinner, and like, and he doesn't care at all where we go. I'm already, like, going on open table, going on resi, like, looking everywhere. Oh, wait, so I was going to ask you, with food Mm -hmm. and relationships, Mm -hmm. when you date, do you cook for the person you're dating? Don't cook. You've never cooked? Don't cook. Yeah, I feel like we've avoided that subject somehow. We have. So your parents didn't... have not a lot to say about it. Both your parents didn't... Your mom cooked a little bit, you said. Mom cooked a little bit. She could She could put some stuff together. My dad cannot fry an egg. Like, he just... He can't boil water. It's everything... Does he enjoy the thing you talked about, though, earlier about, like, going out to play new places in New York? He's starting to get a little more into patterns. He's uh, like, I like, you know, this Indian food place, this pizza place... Like I see this Chinese place. So he's, it's not the FOA philosophy anymore. Not so anymore, but like, you know, they're a little old. No, but that's not true because he and his new wife, they get, they go all over the place. And they, that's why I think they get along because they both are like, let's travel a lot. They, they have a similar relationship, like a relationship to the city and going out as my mom and my dad did. So when you were growing up in New York City, you have siblings too, right? And one older brother. One older brother. And so did you, like, what was a typical FOA philosophy restaurant that you would go to? Like, what like what, what kind of places were you going to as a family? Were you, I, I were you mean, going I to remember, Queens and eating, like, arepas from a truck? Not, or? Uh, not like that. Not <laughs> okay. like that. It was more like, what's the new Jean-Georges restaurant? Oh, um, uh, so, like, fancy. Like, kind it of was, upscale. It was a little uh, fancy upscale. I mean, I remember... My friend 
Shoshana Bean. Oh, cool. She she's a Broadway star. In case you guys didn't know that, yeah. And she um, she moved to the city the same time I did, and we were uh, the, our first job right out of the of college was uh, this production of Godspell. Okay. And um, and she w- she was new to the city and away from her parents, and like she was having like some like her dad was having some issues, and she kind of like became part of our family for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um. And she still kind of like calls my dad dad, and like really, yeah, it's, Aww, it's that's so, so sweet. Like we 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 got very close, and she became close to my family. And she was like, I remember going to Aquavit, oh, which is this fancy like Swedish, which ref- Marcus Samuelson right? was the chef at. Yeah. Yes, and he I remember was at the one of the tastes of tea things oh, that my mom threw in. That's the building. so cool. Um, but uh, Marcus Samuelson, yeah, I remember like. You know, and her just being like, "Where am I? This is such a fancy restaurant. I can't <laughs> yeah. believe she, we're, you're, we're, she, they're just taking me out." And of mm-hmm. course, I didn't barely even remember it until she brought it up almost somewhat recently. Um, and did your parents, when you were growing up in these restaurants, like go, going to places like that, yeah. did they teach you proper decorum? Like, did there they, was a little bit of that. Yeah. yeah. What, like, what are some of the things you remember learning? Um, you know, just a, of course, like which utensils to use. Yeah. Um, but I don't think I was like a stodgy kid. I wasn't like. We like I must, you know, elbows off the table kind of um, like little prints kind of thing. It was just, um, you know, I see it in my I see it in my nephews now because my yeah. nephews are uh, nine and 11 and they um, they live in the same apartment that I grew up in. Mm-hmm. My brother now lives there uh, on the Upper East Side of Manhattan. And like, you know, they're. I mean, especially the older ones, like I like the octopus and the, you know, chicken pot pie. <laughs> oh and like, God. it's like, he's very, a very sophisticated orderer. He like drinks champagne and he does. Yeah. He's like, he's like, I like this one. You know, he's, <laughs> <laughs> but when you were a kid, like, we're, I mean, I feel like when I eat dinner with you, I actually get self-conscious. Like if I catch myself, like picking my teeth. Why? Because I feel like you would never do that. At the what table. do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> That's like my biggest faux pas that I'd regularly make on a regular basis is that like I get a lot of food caught in my teeth. I uh-huh. don't know why I have like chompers that like get food. So right. instead of getting up to go to the bathroom each time it happens with each course, I just sort of try to discreetly like kind of like go cover my First mouth. First of all, I've never noticed that. About oh, me. really? I'm and so s- self-conscious about it. Second of all, I feel like I'm constantly just doing that with my own tongue. Oh. while i'm talking to you and i probably don't realize it but that's but a good like good uh, classy way to get the food out of your teeth is to use your tongue is it but i'm just like what's something that bothers like, if you're on a date with somebody like, like what kind of bad manners oh well f- kind of like like sucking your teeth like sucking your teeth like Ugh, like trying to get stuff out do you ever listen to I, christine petty on um yeah broadway serious xm i feel like she's always sipping coffee it's like <laughs> And anyway, Liza Minnelli's first album, and it's like, ugh, like oh, it's like nails hilarious. on a chalkboard. Yeah. So wait, so sucking your teeth? Sucking your teeth. I think my uncle used to do that, and I, it was always like so I don't think I've ever noticed anyone doing that in my life. Yeah, it's not, it's like a, it was like a kind of tick he had, but yeah. <laughs> so yeah and we're like losing thousands of <laughs> listeners thousands. Uh, as, as um, you're doing that. But a thing that my dad really made me, made me conscious of was never to blow your nose at the table. It is oh. a very big pet peeve of mine. I think it is really disgusting. What if you're sick? I mean, talk about getting up and going to the bathroom if you have to blow your nose. Oh, I think I may have blown my nose at the table um, recently. I, again, I didn't, I don't Not remember. With you. I don't, I don't like store it away. for sure because I had the flu and I mean, then I, I had like a if, bronchitis. You know, if you, yeah. 
As listeners heard for the past couple of podcasts, I was like coughing up a lung. But oh, so so this is good. So you get up and you go eating. Like you just don't want to like hear like snot sound. I I agree. I agree. That's really. We went to this restaurant in Miami. Boy, this is really becoming about me. But we went for Thanksgiving. We went to this. um, We like my parents live in Boca Raton, so we visited them for Thanksgiving. And then Craig and I went to Miami. That was part of the plan. But I was really sick, and so we went to this nice restaurant where I made a reservation, and I was just like hacking up a lung and like blowing my nose. And the people sitting next to us looked like they wanted to kill me. They were so upset that I was so sick. So I I think that a lot of people listening will be on your side here. I think, yeah, I'm trying to think of, and if someone like uses their their fingers too much Mm -hmm. with like. Fingers too much? Oh, like touches the food? Yeah, like I mean, like I have a friend. <laughs> I have a friend who, like, if he's eating like rice, mm-hmm. first of all, he's like a clean plate club person, and okay. I'm a clean plate club person too. And sometimes I can get into like a really crazy like eating mode mm-hmm. where I eat fast and I don't remember like time stops. Okay, sure. Like I just am like shoveling things. Sometimes I sometimes I eat to like get rid of what's on my plate, mm-hmm. not to like enjoy it we sometimes. have a mutual friend i won't say who it is but he is so fast at eating that like he's a stealth eater mm. so like i'll blink and then i'll open my and eyes just, and all his food is gone it's just down his gullet yeah um but i have this friend who like if if he's getting all the rice on his dish he'll like use his fingers to put it on his no. fork. but the knife is right there why would you use your fingers to put rice on a fork that doesn't make sense it's like those scraps. It's like, but for some reason, I'm like, just use your fork, your knife. Yeah. It's right there. That's no, what it's I agree for. with you there. And it's just, it kind of gets gross to me. Like, so I guess. as we're talking, like now I'm getting like a, a picture, a little bit of like New York fancy restaurants being well-bred. Is mm-hmm. that the right word? Or like, or the proper etiquette and stuff, you know? Sure. So, so but I'm also but thinking. But not stuffy. I want to be clear about Not that. stuffy. We never, it wasn't like a stuffy atmosphere. But I do know something about you that you haven't brought up yourself, but I'm going to bring up here. I don't think I'm outing you in any way whatsoever, but you go to, you've gone to Burning Man. Yes. So I'm curious, as somebody who grew up in those environments, mm-hmm. suddenly going to someplace like Burning Man, for mm-hmm. those of us who, for those of you who don't know, is like, I'm sure everyone knows what that is, but it's a big desert getaway where you <laughs> like live in a tent and you, or you live in an RV, you can do as fancy or as unfancy as you want. I mean, you know, it's 75,000 people. It's a city that pops up in the middle of a desert and right. uh, everyone survives for a week and parties and goes to the bathroom and porto potties so when you first went to a burning man was yeah. this like a liber this must have been so liberating for someone no no, I, no? Okay. no. I'm, because I'm, my I'm, brother and i were always like i think it's easy to to look at like the snapshot of who i am sure or, like i'm just taking what you're giving no us. totally yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, of course of course you're working you're a good therapist thanks but you do have background about me and i you, do and i do, you, I do. You, and i think you saw me at the gym this morning i, I mean all everything's out the window right. yeah i think i think we we all come to, you know, anything with like a list of like, oh, well, he was born on the Upper East Side of Manhattan. He sure. went to uh, the Dalton School and it's a pr- fancy private school. But it's like people are like, oh, well, you wore uniforms, right? And I'm like, no, actually, right. Dalton doesn't have uniforms. It's like really casual. Uh, the dress is like there's no dress code. And it's like people kind of put you in boxes and want to. And so my brother and I were very um, like scrappy. We like really? Like, yeah. Like we were always like be like climbing rocks and we were um uh, we were just like go- we were like good with our like physical bodies uh-huh. i remember like we were always like scrambling and we weren't like afraid to get dirty or like we it wasn't ingrained in us to like 
be careful. Like, you know, you'll ruin your pants. Like mm-hmm. it was never that kind of thing. It was like, go play kids. Like That's go great. be wild. Like my parents were kind of like hippies at first. I see. Okay. Yeah. So they and wanted so, you to, to not get too like caught my, up in that culture. Oh, here's a good story. My mom about food. My mom was like, she would always brag. She'd be like, Gerber never touched your lips. <laughs> she Did would, your mom have an accent? A little bit. Yeah. Oh. A Queens accent. Oh, my yeah. mom does too. Yeah. Oh yeah. So we, we used to call her Linzer. Like uh, Linda is her name, but like there was an ER at the Linda. end. Yeah, yeah, love that. But the way I do it is way more exaggerated than she actually yeah. talked, but it's more fun to do it. But Gerber never way. touched your lips. Gerber never touched your lips because she would be like, apples, I probably before organic was organic, but she would be like, apples in the blender, that was what, that was your applesauce. Right. There was no canned anything. It was all very natural. She always, she actually had a very good sense of what was actually good for you. Uh-huh. So I remember, for instance, like peanut butter. Mm -hmm. She would be like, peanut butter's healthy. And then, of course, I was a kid of the 80s, 90s, and it was like, fat is bad, and snack wells are good, and sugar and carbs are fine, or whatever that is. God, snack wells. We had that in the house. I haven't even thought about that in forever. so terrible. Just full of chemicals and exactly what's why we're all fat now. But, um, But she would, and I would always be like, Mom, there's all this extra like, you know, oil and fat in the in the jar of peanut butter because she would always, of course, insist on natural peanut butter. We never had like Jeff or Skippy. Mm -hmm. And she would always like, you know, she'd always be like, no, you just mix it up and that's part of it. And and I'd be like, no, 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 we have to like put a towel in there and get all the fat out. And she just like knew she was like, no, that fat's good for you. How old were you when you were concerned about the fat? Whenever that was starting to be like a trend, like the early 90s, probably. So was it about it being a trend or was it? Well, it was just, you know, I I thought I was like, I thought I like, you you know, was I knew what was going on because I was like, this is what the nutrition people are telling us at school. Well, that that, is bad. That leads to an interesting question for you as an actor who had to get naked, right? In Angels in America. I just want to finish that. Oh, sorry. Actually, because now, of course, I'm like super into like lots of raw fats lots of right, like right, right. nuts and nut butters fat and, is not bad for you anymore right yeah. and like avocado and like now um i do like bulletproof coffee every morning i'm obsessed with you it you put butter in your coffee I put butter unsalted it has to be unsalted people don't put salted butter what in does it coffee. do for you unsalted butter unsalted grass-fed butter well like carry gold you know we got the supermarket and then this like kind of highly um refined coconut oil called xtc oil or whatever brain whatever it like it's just great. It first of all, it keeps you full like all day. Really? Um, and it also like doles out the caffeine in the kind of almost a time release way. Oh. So you're not like I have a cup and then you crash. I like only need one cup in the morning and I almost barely even finish that. And it's so like buttery and but it it's really good. I I, I I've been it doing it. It tastes good, like, like flavor wise. Like, yeah, with the fat. It's like a yeah. Yeah, it's like a really indulgent kind of smoothie. And it's like really, it's just. It's a smoothie? Well, because you kind of shake it up because you have oh, to like get is it. Is it iced or is it? No, because then it'll, the, it doesn't uh, work yeah, with like the butter. Yeah, little globs. Wait, I was going to ask you though. So as an actor um, who just got naked on yes. stage in Angels in America, like how do you reconcile um, your love for food being a foodie? I'm mm-hmm. doing air quotes so you guys can't see. Um, and just having to deal with your body. I mean, is it something that you've struggled with? Is it something that comes naturally or it's not, not a struggle? It, so I'm good with dates and goals. Mm -hmm. So 
I can't just be like, I'm going to be healthy for a little bit. Right. It has to be like, there is a date that I have to look a certain way by. Mm -hmm. And that helps me. Also, when I was prepping for the role, I would just go to Whole Foods and like spend a lot of money Mm -hmm. on, um, like lots of raw fats and lots of vegetables and meats. I basically just ate meat and vegetables and fats for that part. But I think I'm, I'm, I'm asking though, like over the course of your career as an actor, but well, what I'm, I think what I'm saying is like, yeah. I, I don't think I, well, first of all, I never have cooked so much as when I did when I was prepping for that role and I was really? in St. Louis and I had this tiny kitchen, the size of this table. What did you make? Like stir fries, surf, stir fry. I don't know what I made. I like yeah. somehow like would read the back of like, packages at whole foods and be like i guess that's a thing i'm making or i'm like how do you make asparagus and i was like how to make asparagus like butter lemon did you enjoy the process of cooking yeah oh interesting. i've never cooked so much and i kind of had to because i wanted to control what i was eating but i did not feel like i was um starving myself i was eating a lot Mm -hmm. because i was just eating just super healthy and not eating basically carbs desserts or like dairy and it worked. <laughs> but I guess I'm asking, like, even in terms of, like, have, has, because I think as an actor, it feels like your body is, is an instrument. I mean, I, I'm thinking of, like, Robert De Niro, like, gaining a bunch of weight for, like, a role or, yeah. you know. I mean, have you had to sort of use, how do I, how do I phrase this? I sort of, like, have you had to change your body over time for different parts and things? And how does that work? I think work? Like, with Angels in America, I was, I was, like, how am I going to tell this story? Like I want to tell it with my voice and my acting yeah. and my personality and whatever. And, but I was like, I think I can tell this story with my body. Right. Um, there are a few scenes where I'm either shirtless or completely naked and getting a medical examination, not in a sexy way, um, but more in like a, just that person should look skinny if he's in, if he's dying of AIDS in 1985. Right. Um, <clears throat> And I was like, I can do that. But no one asked me to do that. There yeah. was like, I just want to be clear. Like, you know, there was no director or anyone being like, you should get skinny. Um, I was like, I can do that for myself and just and feel comfortable. And it was a, and talk about back to that control thing. Like, I think I could I could be in control of my body mm-hmm. um, and my food without feeling like I was really depriving myself. That's and then great. once like, you know, once we opened, then I was like, now I get to really. Oh, like once a week, I would like go to fucking town. Oh, okay. And I would like. Wait, and it was in St. Louis. It was in St. Louis, which like actually is a good food town. And yeah. there was like a lot of barbecue. Sure. And St. Louis style ribs, yeah, right? Like really, I was really into it. Like, so once we opened and I was like, all right, we have only have a few more weeks. Like I kind of started cheating a little bit and going out and like taking myself to the nice dinners. And That's so nice. Friends. Um, but we were talking about, oh, body in general. There was one time where the show had start the NCIS LA had started. We were probably season two or three, and I was like, "I'm on television. Like, I want to look a certain right. way. Like, I'm going to bulk up." Sure. And I was working with this trainer, and he was like, "You're just at that point where we're just bulking you up. So, like, just have that extra piece of cheese on that burger. Like, just eat everything in sight because right now we just like want you to." Get oh my god, big. I want this trainer. That I sounds know. amazing. Yeah. I was like, "Yes, amazing!" And then I then I started having people kind of. Like, taught like I remember being at the craft service and just like shoving things in my mouth and people being like, "Wow, you're you're really looking like, you know, really big." And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm working out a lot." You know, this trainer's just telling me to like eat whatever I want. I'm just doing it. It's great. It's really like I'm really bulking up. And 
And then I remember coming home to my roommate, John Kozlowskis, which is, like, I think we know each other. Yeah, of course. Yeah. This is my um, old friend from grad school. We met at like a barbecue back there. Oh my gosh. Like yeah. barbecue of his. And, um, and I remember he, for some reason had NCIS LA on and I was coming home and he's like, Oh look, your show is on. And I looked at myself and I was like, is that me? <laughs> <laughs> because you look so buff. Be- no, because I- like what people were actually trying to say to me was like, you have gained weight in your face. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Like, cause it didn't, yeah. I was wearing loose clothing. Like my character isn't like this sexy God. He's yeah. like a computer nerd. Sure. So I was just wearing like old Navy, like plaid shirts. And so, That's but I shirts. thought that like, I was like getting big for like the, the role, but I was actually just <laughs> gaining a lot of weight in not good places for television. And uh, I was like, we need to not be on this kind of diet anymore. Right. And I just went back, but I actually don't, I don't have a big like back and forth struggle. I, I have like a, a good, like, I don't like to like shove my face full of potato chips. Right. You yeah. Know? You like, like to have garlicky dips and yes, yes. I'm, I'm into like, um, great, like a lot of grazing. Uh huh. And that's what your lunch was today. was really grazing. And that's actually like, if I wasn't going out to lunch, I'd probably, just have like, like open my fridge and get like some hummus, some celery, some carrots, some like chips or, or, or like, like a Mary's gone crackers. And I just like go and dunk and, and like, I just like a, like a dunking uh-huh. grazing. What do you think that's about? Is it just about the, the oh, I know what it's about. Yeah. It's about the FOA philosophy. I think yes. Because it's like not one thing. It's many different it's things, many, different many experiences. Things. And also like different things on different crackers like you know it's not just kind of one thing on a cracker i'm like oh what is what if i do this <laughs> and dip that in that you know oh. like if it's two things i i used to like or sometimes i eat like cereal but like dip it in like almond butter or peanut butter wow i like like a dip moment also i think it's because i don't really know how to prepare and i don't prepare like full meals mm-hmm. or i'm not great at it and also i don't have the patience i just want the immediate satisfaction of like a carrot and a hummus i don't want to like wait for something to boil oh interesting so you just want to just open your refrigerator put it all out on the table yes and go to town yes well barrett we're nearing the no. end of this episode but we There's got so to, much more to we go. covered a lot of ground okay is there anything that you that you that we didn't talk about that you really <sighs> wanted think, to talk about i think we did i think we did pretty well but i could just feel like I could talk about food and therapy and my parents forever. Yeah, I mean, I, I thought that your parents, I mean, the, the the portrait that you painted was really fascinating, too. I yeah. feel like even as your friend, like, I got a more clear picture. I, I, th- I appreciated you sort of clarifying the, like, stereotype of how it seems like you might have grown up. And, and I think even the scrappiness that you described applies to, like, the lunch for some reason, like, of all the dips and just, like, yeah. getting messy and, like, dip dipping things in versus, like, the fork and knife and, like, the napkin, the napkin. tucked into your shirt. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, to cover the Hermes scarf tie. Do you still underneath. Do you enjoy that, though? Like, if you were to be t- taken out to, like, Providence in L.A. or, like, a really fancy meal? I don't. You don't like a white I, tablecloth I joint? I don't like a fussy dinner. I think I remember when I was in Spain, we, um, my ex and I, like, we researched all the, uh, what is it called? The star, Michelin, Michelin, star, yeah. Michelin starred restaurants. Yeah, yeah. And we would, like, go really seek them out. And I just, and we, I just remember, like, the third one or something, we just looked at each other and we were like, this is so ridiculous. <laughs> and especially it was just, I feel like it was the trend then. It was, yeah. like, you know, 2010 or 11. Was or it 12. all, like, molecular gastronomy? It was all molecular gastronomy and all. It was just, 
a zillion courses and fussy, fussy food. Yeah. And one of the best meals we had on that trip was when we were in Lisbon. Um, my co-star is from Cascais, which is outside of Lisbon. And her stepfather was like, you have to go to a place in Lisbon called Ramiro. And we took some cab into a not cool, not pretty part of town. And it was like fluorescent lighting. And we were sitting next to like these two like surly, like mean looking old men who were like cracking crawfish and, <laughs> you know, like shoving them through and the juices running down there. And we were like <laughs> blowing, where, their where we? Yeah, blowing their noses. <laughs> and then I think we got some crawfish. Is that how you pronounce it? Crawfish, yeah. right? And or something like that. And we were cracking them open. We were having a little trouble. And these kind of surly people that we thought were next to us kind of looked over and they were like, do you, without speaking English, being like, do you need help? Let me mime how to help you eat this, this food. Uh. And it turned out to be our favorite meal of the Uh. entire like two week. That's so nice. Like tour. And it was, and and again, it it, it speaks to your scrappiness. It was, it was scrappy. It was real food. And I remember we ended with quote unquote dessert of like steak on toast. Oh, they were like, do you want dessert or do you want steak on toast? And they were like, we want steak on toast <laughs> yeah. for dessert. And it was the best decision we ever made. It was oh so delicious. Well, if anyone's going to Lisbon, now you know where to go eat. Ramiro. Ramiro. Well, Barrett, um, every podcast begins with what did you have for lunch, but it ends with where are you going to dinner tonight? Mm. Or what are you having for dinner? Maybe you're stir frying. I don't know. What am I doing? <laughs> I'm about to call my friend Alex and we're going to go have some kind of, what are we going to do? I don't know. I was thinking about going to that seafood restaurant that is called like White Knuckle or Knuckle and Claw. What is that called? Oh, Knuckle and Claw. No, Wait. not that one. Shoot. Wait, where is it? What's it like? It's next to like Five Leaves. Oh, I've never been there. Um, Ryan O'Connor was just there and he was like, this place is amazing. Oh, okay. I O'Connell. O'Connell. Yeah. O'Connell? O'Connor. Ryan, I, Ryan O'Connell. I yeah. have a, two friends and they're, <laughs> yeah. one is named O'Connor and one is named O'Connell. Oh, sure. O'Connell. Um, he anyway, he was just there and I I want to go there. Okay. So you're going to now are you going to if your friend is not interested in going there, are you going to try to try to push her towards there? We might we might like do a scrappy order in kind of I'm kind of suddenly in the mood for like Indian food. Oh. I like an Indian Mediterranean. And you mentioned that with your parents that that was one of the things you ate growing up. Definitely. What was your go-to Indian restaurant in New York growing up? I feel like it always changed because like it always <laughs> Went out of business, like the one we loved. Like, or what was the go-to Indian dish that you ate the most growing up? Probably, well, the, what really kind of warms the cockles of my heart is Ras Malai, which is a dessert. Is. Oh. Because my, da- my dad would order that. And it's like um, it's like a curdled cheese balls, which sounds gross, but like is yummy, in like this rose water cream. Mm. And it's sweet and like no one orders dessert at an Indian restaurant, but my dad like liked it. I liked the name. I like the name of that. It's such a beautiful yeah. word. Rasmalai. 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 Yeah. That's how you pronounce it. And it's funny because that's kind of, I mean, of course we got like garlic naan and we got some like chicken tikka masala or something, but sure. um, there was something about Rasmalai. I'm going to, I think we should end on Rasmalai. I feel like that should be your drag name. <laughs> Rasmalai. Ras well, you know, I live across the street from an Indian store called India Sweet and Spices and so, do I mean, you, maybe you go shopping there all the time. No, but maybe we should wander over and we get should. some Ras Malai. Yum. They do have desserts there. Let's go. Okay. Not really. 
What? No, it's like what time? It's not a good time to eat. Right what now. is? This? It's like four forty. It's like you can't. It's like what meal is that? Is it going to ruin dinner? <laughs> Sorry, I'm showing my neuroses. <laughs> Wait, can I tell one more story? I don't want to stop. Yeah, I know. Okay, okay, so I remember being senior year of college, and my friend Brittany. It was like four, and our parents were visiting for some reason. And I was like, let's go get ice cream at Stucci's, which is like a local Ann Arbor um, ice cream place. And she was like, okay, but we have to eat it quickly because because my mom's coming and she can't see me eating ice cream. And I was like, why? She's like, because she's going to say, it's that'll ruin your dinner. Why are you eating, uh, why are you eating ice cream right, now? That's what my mom would say it too. And I'm like, we are seniors in college. We have been away from our parents for four years <laughs> and we are like making all these decisions and you're still afraid of that your mom's going to tell, tell you about so talk about, you know, therapy and moms and I food. agree with the mom there. And I'll never forget one of my best friends in college was her name is Lisa. And then she moved to New York and I went to visit her and I'd made a reservation at Babo, which I was so mm, excited about at the yeah. time. I'd read all about it. And right before we went, she was hungry and she was like, I'm going to have a Snickers bar. I was like, <gasps> what? And she's like, it's fine. I'll st- I promise you, like, I'll still have room for dinner. Like, I can eat dinner. She's like, but I'm so hungry. I just need to have this. And I was like. I, it was as if like she was like murdering a puppy in front of me. Like I couldn't believe she was eating a Snickers bar. That really, before. that really gets my goat too. Yeah. So I'm on your side. With oh, okay. Yeah, I, I hope Lisa's not listening. I forgive you, Lisa. <laughs> um, well, Barrett, thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you, Adam. This was a great session. I, I loved it. I think we got a lot of work done. We did. <laughs> That'll be four hundred dollars. Oh shit! I make that joke every time. All right. Thanks, Barrett. <laughs> Bye.